1: we got in a car and he said, oh honey, put some music on. And I was like, um, what do you want to listen to? And he was like, I don't care, just put any music on, I don't care. And I was like, I can't, I don't know what you want. This went on for about 10 minutes, this argument. I could not make a decision and it got so bad, I turned my head, tears rolling down my face. I was so scared of making the wrong decision.
0: This is a warning for parents that due to the adult themes being discussed in today's program, it is not recommended for young listeners. Welcome to Real Faith, conversations about the impact faith has on our lives and the challenges we go through, helping us today and giving us hope for tomorrow. That's real people, real life and real faith. Well, today,
2: Zena Skembre joins us once again to share more of her story of domestic abuse and violence. Also, she'll share how God has transformed her life and that now she is a warrior for the causes he has put on her heart. But sadly, there is also more tragedy in her story. So, parents, you might want to have your children involved in an activity in another room while you listen to today's conversation. Zena Skembri is the author of the book Broken to be Beautiful, The Forging of a Warrior. Welcome back to the program, Zena Skembri.
1: Thank you for having me again.
2: Glad to have you with us. And last time we spoke with your friend, social psychologist, Dr. Dina McMillan, who, with your permission, shared insights into your story of domestic abuse and violence with your first husband in the UK. Today, we're going to hear more of your story. We'll pick it up in 2006. And at this point, you are now single and about to be remarried to Simon Skembri from Australia. So what happened next?
1: Ah, look, you know, let me just start with saying, God brings people into your lives when you need them the most. And God brought Simon into my life, and he was so opposite to my ex-husband that I found it hard to believe. It was just, were there people out there that were that would treat you properly and and that. and we actually met online we mm. uh, it was a complete accident and it's a long story so I'm not going to bore you with details but it was an accident we didn't we weren't looking for any kind of relationship or anything like that but we we connected online and we became friends we became prayer partners he lived in Australia with three children i had four children in england and we did meet Mm. And miracle after miracle after miracle, uh, December 2006, we got married in Australia. And he came to England, he met my family and my children, and I came back with him, and we got married. And from then on, I had to come home to England on my own until we could sort out our lives enough.
2: Yeah, what was your plan at that point?
1: We decided, and I'm not sure if this was God's plan or our plan, but we decided that we would, uh, Simon's Maltese, he's got Maltese heritage and he had a dual passport so he could work in the UK. Oh, okay. So he was going to come over to the UK for five or six months or whatever it was. And then I would go to Australia for three months because my ex-husband had 50% parental control. So we Mm -hmm. we had to share the kids 50% of the time. So with that in place, we thought, well, that's that's fine. And then my kids, when they were old enough, they could decide where they wanted to be and we can work it from there. Mm-hmm. And so that was the plan, our plan. Simon arrived six months later in, in England. So it was so exciting when he was able to come over and we could start our married lives it was like the beginning of starting our married lives yeah Um, my children at the time were behaving very strangely um they were really especially my eldest daughter she was going off the rails she was she was behaving very very odd Mm. and um that's when my daughter disclosed that when every time she went back to her father, he was sexually abusing her. Mm. We went to the police and it turned out that he had sexually abused all four children.
2: Oh, my goodness.
1: And all oh, hell broke loose, quite literally. Mm. We had to go into hiding. Um, we had to. He was constantly calling us, constantly calling us, constantly calling us. I.
2: This is your ex-husband?
1: My ex-husband, that's right. And I had to take the children out of school early, literally go into hiding.
2: So meanwhile, Simon is newly in the UK with his new wife. I can only imagine what he was going through.
1: Oh my goodness, can you imagine? He'd left his children behind with Mm. his ex-wife and um, he was missing them terribly. And all of a sudden we're told that we actually can't leave the country. We're now fully full parents to these children we had them 100 percent of the time and um, we couldn't leave the country because of this police investigation and we had to stay there and Simon then had to phone up his children to say hey I'm not going to be coming home in three to six months I'm I'm going to be here for a bit longer than that um, and they were fantastic mm-hmm. they really were fantastic and they supported they're a little bit older and they really did support him um, which was really, really good. Mm. Um, it, it did give him that little bit of peace of mind knowing that the, his kids were being looked after and they were fine. But it was tough. It yeah. was so, oh my so goodness. tough. Yeah. It was horrific time. Yeah. And and with all the different social workers, um, police, I mean, we had probably had the first two or three weeks, we had three or four different police people we had three or four different social workers and each time the children had to go over their story and had to go over mm. the whole thing, you know. They had doctors' appointments and it was just so full on. It was really, really full on and quite emotional.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: I I went into a bit of a, a despair pit. I felt that I felt so guilty that I'd exposed my children to this behaviour. Mm. Um you got to remember, I was still very, really, very broken from my first marriage. I was oh, very, yeah. very broken. Yeah. Even though I'd gone into a new relationship and I got married, I was still very broken. And um, some things... I kind of describe it like I was a woman without a womanhood. I, I didn't know what I liked. I didn't know I didn't know all the things I needed. And, and and Simon would try and encourage me to make decisions. And and what do you want? How do you? You know what would you like to do? Kind
2: of like in a normal relationship.
1: <laughs> That's exactly right. And I had no idea what I was doing. And to tell a story. Um, shortly after disclosure, uh, we decided to go to the beach, but. Call it a beach. It's the seaside, really, in in Skegness, which was about an hour from where we lived. Mm-hmm. And um, Simon was driving. We got in the car, and he said, "Oh, honey, put some music on." And I was like, um, "What do you want to listen to?" He's like, "I don't care. Just put any music on. I don't. I don't care." And I was like, um, I, "I can't. I don't know what you want." And he was like, "I don't care. I don't want anything. Just want some music on." This went on for about ten minutes. This argument. I. Could not make a decision, and it got so bad. I turned my head, had tears rolling down my face. I was so scared of making the wrong decision.
2: Oh my goodness! I'm putting
1: on music that he didn't want to listen to, and he was—he was—he had no idea, didn't even understand yeah. what was going on. That's not a normal relationship for him. He was, yeah,
2: because like, you're so used to being told what you like. Is that right?
1: That's right. Mm. I had no idea. Dear, what if I was on my own? I would have chosen something, and I think, you know.
2: Yeah.
1: But that—that's a different. That was a different thing. Right now, I was—I had my husband sitting next to me, and he was saying, "Choose," and I was like, "I'm too scared to choose. I might get it wrong."
2: Oh my goodness! You're not gonna.
1: You're not getting it wrong. Yeah. I like anything just put something on and you know I just went eeny meeny miny moe eventually and put something in and he said oh this is great I love this but he would have said that anyway just because he would have wanted to encourage me <laughs> <laughs> you know <laughs> it didn't matter even if it was the worst thing I chose you know he wouldn't yeah. care he would have yeah. just been like well done Ah, oh, this is awesome I love it
2: yeah <laughs> <laughs> But meanwhile, on the other part of your life, your children have gone through this horrific experience of sexual abuse, they and were. it's gone through the courts.
1: It was. it was. It had to go through the courts. Um, he was charged a year and a half later before it actually got to courts. Two years later, um, and yeah, in the meantime, I had children who were self-harming, who mm. wanted to die, who who were. One minute laughing hysterically, next minute rocking in the corner. They were hurting so badly, mm, yeah, you know. Yeah. And and I remember one time, about six weeks after disclosure, uh, my eldest daughter went up to Simon and said, Simon, can I have a daddy hug? And he said, of course you can. And he just gave her a hug, you know, just a normal hug. Yeah. And she's like, she just leant into this hug and went, oh, you don't know how long it's been since I've had a daddy hug. Mm. And oh my gosh even telling the story now it wells me up it was so heartbreaking mm-hmm. um, they trusted simon they love you know they trusted him so much he just put over this air of you can trust me i will not do anything to harm you i i love you and i mm-hmm. love you like my own children and that was part of their healing process mm-hmm. is learning how to trust again.
0: Mm-hmm. you know and yeah. and
1: it took it wasn't an easy journey. It was a hard journey. Mm-hmm. Um, two years later, we went through a first. Well, it was a year and a half later, we went through the first court process, and um, he got charged with quite a few counts. And they said to me that he will be found guilty or not guilty. There's never anything other than that. Well, the first things came back as not guilty. Uh, because it was her word against his word or their word against his word. Mm. Um, The next ones came back. um, Oh, we're going to keep those on file. And then there was one guilty charge and they couldn't decide on any of the others. And we were like, oh my gosh, what does this mean? And so then we had to make a decision. He'd been found guilty on one charge. So do we then go through another court case. So I gave that over to my daughter and I said, what do you want to do? It was horrific experience going through court.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: My, one daughter was on the stand for nine hours.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: You know, it was it was hard. I found it hard. I was on the stand for six or seven hours on in the first trial and, mm-hmm. and we were like, it's exhausting and, and it was just horrible. And so we were like, come on, what do you want to do? I will happily not or if you want to we will go and fight it it is entirely up to you she chose to go again Mm -hmm. and it's she said i do not want him to get away with this Mm -hmm. that he will harm another child so we went in and we fought again and um, when we phoned up the police they were actually very relieved that we decided to go for it again and um, the next trial was a completely different kettle of fish really it was so different the first one went for 12 days and they deliberated for three days. This one went for six days. They deliberated for an hour, found him guilty on everything. My ex-husband ended up in prison.
2: Our guest today is once again Zena Skembry, who's the author of the book Broken to be Beautiful, The Forging of a Warrior. We'll hear more of Zena's story when we return
0: right here on Real Faith. Looking for resources to grow your faith? Check out Vision Christian Store with books, movies, audio CDs, DVD resources, and more. Plus, free delivery on orders over $50. See visionstore.org.au
2: Welcome back. I'm Eric Skadovo, and our guest today is once again Zena Skembrey, who is the author of the book Broken to be Beautiful, The Forging of a Warrior. Now here's more of Zena's story.
1: Well, first of all, Simon adopted our children, so they are officially his children. And as soon as that adoption came through, we left the UK and came back to Australia. And again, that was a miracle after miracle after miracle. God was so in the middle of this. Mm-hmm. He did so many things Our world was crazy, Yeah, but we could see his hand in it. And, Mm -hmm. you know, sometimes we held on by the skin of our teeth and we knew the Lord. We knew he was in control. But what we saw and what we felt was there were so many people who don't have that.
2: Yes, the Lord led you and Simon to help other people who've gone through similar experiences. So please tell us what happened.
1: So it started off as a support website in the UK, couldn't think of it being anything more than that mm-hmm. and then when we came to Australia it was literally as, as we landed God really just put it on Simon's heart that he wanted it as a, a ministry and so we birthed at the ark out of all this pain and we support families whose children have been mainly sexually abused and families that have been impacted by domestic and family violence mm-hmm. um, and we support them practically we yeah you know whichever way we don't we don't put our families in a box we'll listen to their needs and we will see what we can do for that particular family and how we can support that family and then we we've gone on from there and the charity has grown and grown and grown and Mm -hmm. and it's always a busy world that
2: we live in unfortunately you're not alone in this that there's other families going through similar experiences is that right
1: Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. There's always yeah. somebody. Yeah.
2: And so that's only one part of the ministry, supporting people going through traumatic, abusive experiences. The other part is you're trying to prevent it from happening. Tell us about how you're trying to do that.
1: So um, we've also got a prevention program, which is um, it's called Brave Little Bear. And our Brave Little Bear books are a set of three books that have been written by myself Mm -hmm. to equip families with self-protective behaviors because, you know, um, I know I could not. I was so broken. I did not teach my children self-protective behaviors because I didn't know them. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: You know, from an early age, I was never taught them. So how could I then pass them on to my children?
2: So if I'm understanding you right, in the ideal world, children will know, hey, that's inappropriate touch. Yeah. And they'll they'll know yes. to tell somebody in authority. That's the ideal, yes. right? Yes,
1: that's the ideal. Mm-hmm. But if you don't know that, mm-hmm. if you don't know, you can say no to an adult. You yeah. won't say no to an adult. Mm-hmm. If you don't know the difference between surprises and secrets, you, you feel like you're holding on to this heavy thing that you can actually give mm-hmm. away. Um, and so... We equip our children, so we've got three books in the series, 3 to 7 year olds, 6 to 12 year olds, and for adults. Mm -hmm. And um, they obviously talk appropriately, they all rhyme, they're called Brave Little Bear, and they've gone into about 14 different countries, and um, we are very blessed to have been able to get these out wide and far. And people love them, and um, mm-hmm. they've really helped to make those uncomfortable conversations a lot more comfortable and a lot easier
2: yes, there's a saying that God will turn your mess into a message, and through yeah. no fault of your own, your life has been very messy through well, your first marriage and the domestic abuse and violence, and then of course, as you're sharing today about the sexual abuse, I mean it doesn't get much worse than that, but god through your life and simon as well is using that mess for a message to help other people and also the title of your book is the forging of a warrior it sounds like through these terrible experiences you've been forged into a warrior would you say yeah so
1: so, so my autobiography is called broken to be beautiful which mm-hmm. um uh, the forging of a warrior which is definitely be my life story you know how we're put into kilns and we're we're put through the hard stuff and we are molded and we grow and we change into the image more and more into the image of Jesus and and for me that is my heart's desire you know I I want to show Jesus's love to everybody I mean I don't always tell everybody i most of our clients are not christian so i don't go and you know um, bible bash them or anything but if if they can see jesus in how i react and how i do and how i am then then that's so important to me and quite often i get the question so tell me how come you can be so well-rounded now how can you be able to do this what you do now how can you do this and and, and i'm able to share a little bit of my faith say hey you know For me, this is what happened. This is how I've been able to get through this. And um, some people say, oh, that's awesome. And never more, other people want to know more. And that's fine.
2: And the name of your charity is called At The Ark. Is that right?
1: At The Ark, yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: What's the story behind that name?
1: Ark means restoration box or life preserver. And that's what Mm -hmm. we wanted to be for our families. I could see us as our life preserver. You know, just throwing out that big ring on a boat, hmm. you know, the big life preserver and you throw oh, okay. it out while they're drowning and and you get in it and you just sit there and think, okay, I've, I'm being supported, I'm being held hmm. up, it's okay, I'm okay. And, and then when you start to tread water, you know, it might be still around your waist and you're still on the, and you're now on the sand, but you know it's there, and you know Mm -hmm. know that life preserver is there whenever you need it. And so that's how it started off. And and that's what it was originally. It was just to support families. Mm -hmm. Now we've gone into the prevention.
2: I'm just reflecting over your life story. It seems like the devil, through the abuse that you experienced, and then also then the abuse of your children, the devil tried his best to put you down and destroy you and break you. But God working through you has been able to overcome and you're now helping other people. It's just such an awesome way how God has turned apparent defeat into victory for his honor and glory to help other people.
1: I think one of my favorite verses, I have many favorite verses, but one of my favorite verse and I use this so often is God will turn What was bad into good for those who love him he will use every situation he didn't cause that situation Mm -hmm. not a million years would he cause a situation but he would use that situation to bring about his perfect will um, for the people around you for you and 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 he wants you to surrender Mm -hmm. to that and when you do that I think it changes your perspective (laughs) you know you stop looking at the problem you start looking at god and you see how he does things and how he changes you know the you said you can't see the forest for the trees you know that statement and you can't when you're so focused on the rubbish that is going on around you all you can see is is those trees they're just the four or five that are around you mm. and you're spinning around and you feel you can feel yourself spinning and then it and you don't know how to react. And, and and those are bigger trees than ever. But if you are lifted out and you're looking at the creator and you're looking down at those trees, you're seeing the whole forest and you can see that God's doing something amazing
2: mm. within
1: that and he can use you to better the whole situation.
2: Amen. So he's healing you, empowering you, helping you overcome. And, help others. and
1: my children, and my children are amazing now. I have four adult children who are just incredible young people. They're 24 to 20, nearly 29, and they are outstanding young people, all got strong faith,
2: mm-hmm.
1: all all um, have got, well, some have got children, some are working towards degrees and masters and things like that. And, and it's just amazing how god has touched their lives Mm. and has worked through simon worked through other people around us worked through me in bringing up these children and um as i said they're adults and and they're just incredible incredible children in fact in, in broken to be beautiful the last chapter they all write a little paragraph
2: oh is that right yeah so they're very much encouraging you in what you're doing
1: Oh, yeah. They know, they know that God will use all things. So, Amen. They are very, very supportive.
2: Zena Skambry, thank you once again for sharing more of your story.
1: Thank you for having me.
2: My guest today once again has been Zena Skambry, who is the author of the book Broken to be Beautiful, The Forging of a Warrior. As we heard, she and her husband Simon have started a ministry for families that have been impacted by sexual abuse called At the Ark where ARC stands for Achieving Restoration for Kids. Her heart's desire is to help families heal and to help prevent others from being abused. To this end, she has written several children's books that teach healthy boundaries. To learn more, the website is atthearc.org.au. That's at atthearc.org.au. Also, as we mentioned last time, if you're listening today and can relate to anything you've heard and you need help right now, you can call Lifeline's crisis support number 24 hours a day at 13-11-14. That's 13-11-14. Well, thanks so much for joining us for this three-part series on some difficult topics, domestic abuse and sexual abuse. Until next time, I'm Eric Skadabo. So long, and God bless. You've
0: been listening to Real Faith, And if you have any questions or comments, you can send us a message through our website, realfaith.org.au. That's realfaith.org.au. Thanks for listening, and we invite you to join us again next time for more conversations about God working in the lives of people who put their faith and trust in Him. That's real people, real life, and real faith. Real Faith is a production of Vision Christian Media.